Good morning, everybody. Hands up those who are fit and well. We'll pray for the others later. <laughs> it's good to be in church, though, isn't it? Well, wow, I'm on earlier this morning. Boy, I can go for hours. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you've made such a difference to our lives. We're not the same anymore since we met you. Old things have passed away and everything's become brand new. And Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you walk with us every day. And Walking with you is just a great way to live. And Jesus, we want you to be honored as we open your word together. Speak to us, each one of us. Right now, Lord, we just deliberately open our ears and our hearts to you. And pray, Lord, that you will strengthen our faith, that you will challenge our walk, and that, Lord, you'll move us into all that you have for us in the days that lie ahead. Lord, thank you for the destiny that is before us, both as individuals and as a church. We just want to walk into it, Lord. We just want to see the fullness of it. So, Lord, thank you. Let your word live again this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It was just so great to have that story of Honiana. I remember he was sitting over there. And that morning that God opened his heart. To, 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 and he welcomed Jesus into his life. Boy, what a difference. What a difference. This morning I want to read a scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 2 and just a couple of verses. And it will be up on the screen. There it is. And it says, Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spoke to me. And we skirted Mount Seir for many days. The Message Bible says we skirted Mount Zia for a long, long time. And the Lord spoke to me saying, you have skirted or circled or you've been around this mountain long enough. Now turn northward. This was a let's go moment in the life of Israel. And our theme for this month is let's go. And yet we can find ourselves just circling, just going round the same old, same old, same old. And God wants us to stop circling and begin to move forward into all that he has for us. You see, God's people, they were meant to be going and getting into the promised land. They were meant to be heading into the land of Canaan, but they got bogged down in the wilderness. God had wonderfully delivered them out of Egypt. But when they got into the wilderness, they just started going around in circles. And they were at this time they were at this place called Mount Seir, and they just kept going around. And they'd come back to the same place. They'd go around again, they'd just come back to the same place. And then finally God said, wait a minute, you've been doing this for, for too long. You've been walking around this mountain for long enough. It's time to turn. 
Let's go, God is saying. And so uh, this is the word for us this morning. Sometimes we can feel like we're moving, but in reality we're not going anywhere. We just keep coming back to the same place again. Sometimes that place can be a place of defeat. It's a little bit like sometimes we feel like we're in a paddock. And we're eating out the paddock and we're starting to get hungry. And we look over the fence and there's another paddock just ahead of us. And it's just so green and so full of grass. And beyond that, there's another paddock. And beyond that, there's another paddock. And, but we're in this paddock. We say, I need to get out, but we find that the gateway to that next paddock, there's a hurdle to jump. The gate's open, but there's something to jump. And we come round to that and we say, I'm going to do it this time. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, okay. We'll do another circuit. Round we go again. We come back to the same point. We look at the possibilities that are ahead of us. We can't jump the jolly thing. Round, have another go. Round we go. And blow me down if we don't come back to the same place again. God says, jump, man, jump. (laughs) And we don't. And we won't. And so the Holy Spirit says, have another round. Around we go again. And Israel were like this. They've been circling this mountain for a long, long time. And finally God comes to them and says, you've been circling this mountain long enough. And I don't know, but I know what that feels like. I know what this is about. You circle around the same thing, but when it comes to jump, you either you don't want to enough or you just, you know, and we don't, round we go again. Well, that's the message for this morning, and we could just about stop there. <laughs> because that's it. But there is a way out of such situations, and his name is Jesus. And he is the one that can enable us to jump that hurdle. And as we get into a relationship close with him and receive all that God has, God can cause you, hallelujah, to jump the impossible. And to break out of the same old, same old and move into all that God has for us. Hallelujah. He's the strength of our life. He's the strong man within us. And with him, nothing is impossible. We've been singing it this morning. What a great song that is. We believe as a leadership team here in this church that this is a season of moving ahead. This is a season of moving into. We've been singing it this morning. Move now. The bones are rattling. God is there. But And you know, this series, Let's Go, is not just a clever title for a sermon series God has for us. Hallelujah. It's not just a happy chance that today we are baptizing these people. 
Even in lockdown, God has been moving by His Spirit. Hallelujah. God's on the move. Things are happening. Stories are coming in like this one of Honiana, of people who are being changed by the power of God. God is on the move. And as a church, we want to move into that. We want to be part of that. We want to be involved in that. We don't want to just keep circling, do we? We just want to keep in touch with God. You see, God has taken these people and taken them out of Egypt. And all they had to do was to go through the small time of testing, the small place, and they would go into the promised land. As Pastor Ruth shared with us two Sundays, they're a great message of moving into all that God has for us. And, and, and you know, and there was a land that was, they described it as flowing with milk and honey. You know, Egypt was a place where there was never enough. God said, I don't want you to live in a place where there's never enough. He said, I want you to take you, and he led them into the wilderness. And the place of the wilderness is, is a place of just enough. You just have enough to get through. You just have enough to survive. You just have enough to get by. And God says, that's good for a season, but that's not where I want you to live. I want to take you into the promised land. I want to take you into the land of Conan. In the land of Canaan, there's more than enough. And the place where there's an overflow, where there is more, more than just for you, there's a more for you and yours. There's a more, there's an overflow. God brings us into this place. And so he says, don't just keep hanging around in the wilderness. Don't just keep circling the mountain of your past experience, but begin to turn, hallelujah, and, and to move. And I want to take the little parts of the scriptures, the scripture up there again, Let's go back to the previous slide. It says, I know I just want to pull that last verse apart, and I want to talk about, and the Lord spoke to me saying, you. And I want to talk about, you have circled long enough. And I want to talk about the mountain. And I want to talk about now. And I want to talk about turn. And I want to talk about northward. You say, how long are you going to talk for? Okay, we'll be through by two. So the first word says, it, it's you. You say, what, me? Yeah, you. God says, it's you. Oh, it's not me. When God turned up to Adam in the garden back time, he said, God says, why did you eat of that tree that I told you not to? It's not me, he said, it was my wife. And we start playing the blame games. It's not me, it's her. And so the devil turns to Eve and says, Eve, why did you do that? She says, well, it's not me. It's the devil. It was you. He made me God, says, that. well, a God turns up, wasn't it? Yeah. He says, not me. It's never me. And the scripture says to these people, you. Say, wait a minute. Can't possibly be me. Well, I've discovered over my lifetime it usually is. If I'm going around in circles, guess who's responsible for that? Me. We blame other things. If only that didn't happen. If only he hadn't done that. The truth is, it's me, it's you, you and me. 
See, it's, it's what we think. And it's how we respond to different situations. I heard somebody say, it's not what happens that matters. It's what you do with what happens that matters. You see, stuff happens. But when we walk with God, it's not what happens that's going to tip you over. It's what you and I do with what happens. And these people were in the wilderness and, and they, they, they grumbled and they started to complain and, said, and they began to blame uh, Moses and said, Moses, it's your fault that we're here. And when they'd finished with him, they turned to Aaron and his brother said, Aaron, you're to blame as well. And then they began to talk to God and say, God, what have you been doing all this time? You see? And, we, and we're always looking for someone else or for some situation to blame why we keep circling. But in the end, sort of God steps out of heaven and says, you. <laughs> it's you. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. God has changed us. You're a free person. If you've received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, His Holy Spirit has come into you, then you're on a journey. He wants you to keep going. And He makes it gloriously possible. You see, God thinks you're amazing. God, th you, God just loves you. He just thinks, wow, this is my creation. This is my son. This is my daughter. And He's there. He's given us His DNA. We are born again. And we get God's DNA. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything becomes new. And God says, now walk into that and believe that and begin to, hallelujah, enjoy that. See? The thing is that God desires us as a church to enter into everything that he has for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants us, you and me, to walk into our God-given destiny with our head held high. We need to take, church this morning, we need to take stock and we just need to take ownership individually of our present position. You say, Ian, I'm, I am moving, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, but are you just going around the same mountain? Today is a breakthrough day. Today, I'm believing for God to so move by His Holy Spirit that you and I will be able to jump what we've never jumped before and begin to get into that new paddock, hallelujah, of more than enough. Too many Christians in New Zealand are still in the wilderness of just enough, just getting by. But hallelujah, I want us to... God wants us, hallelujah, now. Let's go. We feel like it's the same old, same old. Same old routine. The word routine means this. Routine means to repeat without feeling. To repeat without meaning, without wonder. 
without any surprises or expectations. Now, routines are good in our life, and there's a good routines to keep. I'm not saying that. But sometimes we're just going through the motions, and we've lost the wonder of life. We don't expect anything to happen. Church can become like this for us. Sometimes we just feel like we're just going through the motions. There's no feeling anymore. There's no wonder. We just end up copying everyone else. We just go through the motions of being a Christian. Even life can become like this, and we find ourselves in a rut of routine. We're just in the same groove. We're just in a rut. We just do the same things, same thing, same things. And we, we, just, we just got enough to get by. It's the same thing. Do you know what a rut is? A rut is a grave with both ends knocked out. And, and God wants us to live better than that, doesn't he? When we're in the rut, we can't see ahead. If we're not careful, we soon have an uninspired pattern of behavior that continues because change is difficult. Our vibrant faith in God becomes a distant memory. We begin to just accept what life dishes up to us. We lose that cutting edge of our life that used to thrill us. We don't really need to pray because we're living in the wilderness with just enough. And we begin to lose our anticipation of what God can do. We begin to lose the wonder of being a follower of Jesus, of being a son and daughter of the King of Kings. We begin to find that church is just the same old, and we lose the wonder of standing in the presence of Almighty God who created heaven and earth and feeling our hearts topping and filling up and overflowing in the wonder of who God is and the wonder of Calvary, the wonder of the love of Jesus, and we begin to just walk the rut of just ordinary life. And God says, come on, I've got more for you than that. Hallelujah. You've been circling this mountain long enough. What's the mountain? I wonder what that mountain is for you. Maybe it's a life situation. Could be a family situation, could be a financial mountain, could be sickness, could be employment, could be addiction, could be a whole host of things, but that mountain is there and try as you might, round you go again. I've been round mountains in my lifetime, but Jesus has set me free, Hallelujah. Funnily enough, Mount Seir means hairy. That's funny, eh? The mountain they were circling, the word Seir means hairy. It was the mountain given to the Edomites who were the descendants of Esau. Those of you who know your Bibles, Esau was a twin of Jacob. Jacob was the smooth one and Esau was the hairy one. <laughs> Years ago, as, as, I don't know where, but years ago we used to say this. When you got into a bad situation or, you, or, or chaos began to break out, you'd say, man, that was hairy. See, I've solved that here. But it doesn't, that's no longer here. You know, so 
So sort of, yeah. So so, you know, we'd say that. Or we'd be, we'd, we'd have, we, one of the guys would be driving in the car, and we all sit there, and it would be a horrendous race. Said, oh, man, that was hairy. And, and this Mount of Seir is, is, talks about being entangled and being chaotic. And they just keep circling this thing, you know. Maybe that mountain is something that happened years ago for you. Maybe God asked something of you and you haven't jumped the hurdle yet. Could even be water baptism or something like that. Whatever it is, it's time to move on from the mountain. Jesus healed a woman, and the scripture's coming up in Mark chapter 5. And he healed this woman who had been sick for 12 years. Let's read the scriptures. There it is. So Jesus went with them, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Next slide. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. She had been circling this mountain for 12 years. In the old King James Version of the Bible, it says that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. You know what I've discovered over my very lengthy lifetime? Thank you for not laughing at that. I have discovered that there are some people who have been holding on to issues for years. And it stops them from getting into the next paddock. They have an issue about this, or they have an issue about that, and they carry these things in their lives. And they still hurt from the things that happened years ago. The people that hold grudges and things that happen, hold bitterness and unforgiveness. Sometimes it's because they've been overlooked by others. Others were preferred before them. Sometimes it's, well, she went off with somebody else. And they feel rejected. And there's all sorts of issues that people carry. And when you talk with them before long, up comes this issue. You say, that's not me. And how is it that sometimes when a situation happens, you react in such a way? There's still something sitting there. It's an issue. And this woman had an issue of blood and she carried it for 12 years. She was in a difficult situation because back in the Jewish days, if you were, if you, if you were bleeding, then you were deemed to be unclean. And she, she couldn't touch her family. She couldn't eat with them. She was just separated. And this issue was, was there. And sometimes we have issues. And we need to let them go. When I was praying about this, I said, Lord, what's this? There's somebody sitting here. This is what the Holy Spirit told me. 
There's somebody sitting in this room, and in 2008, 12 years ago, something happened in your family or in your life, and it's affected you right to this day. But today is a prison opening day. I read in my Bible reading this morning, some of you have had good word for today. Boy, you've got to get these. You, they're up on the thing. You've got to get this little book, Word for Today. If you're not used to reading the Bible, then this is a good thing. They're up on the stand up there. Get them and start spending some time with Jesus in his word. And it says in this, he said, the place was shaken. This is what I read this word. The place was shaken. The prison doors were opened and the chains were loosened. And those men walked out of their prison. And I've been believing that for you this morning. 2008. Another thing is, sometimes I said, what's the, what's the issue? And, and the Holy Spirit seemed to say to me, disappointment. Disappoint. And there'll be people sitting here this morning who have just, life has been disappointment. And things happen, you say, I'm disappointed about that. I'm disappointed with my family. I'm disappointed with this. I'm disappointed with that person. I'm disappointed with the church. I'm disappointed with God. And God wants to set you free from that. Hallelujah this morning. Come on. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. Hallelujah. Jump the hurdle and get into the next path of blessing for your life. Blessed be the Lord. So, she had done everything she knew how to do, but she grew worse. But she said in her heart, I just need to get close to Jesus. So do I. So do you. He's the answer to the disappointments of life. He's the answer to the issues of life. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. And I encourage you, if you're circling the mountain again, get the book out and spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time in his presence and let him heal you. She said, if I can just touch him. I tell you, when she touched Jesus, things happened. She was healed. She was changed. Her whole life changed. She was no longer circling that mountain, that issue. She walked into a whole new arena of living, which she only dreamed possible. But it was a reality this day. That man, Honiana, sat in the church there, and Jesus touched him. In this atmosphere, he got close to Jesus. And Jesus set him free that day and changed his life and changed the life for his children and for the generations that come. One life change doesn't just affect that person. It affects the generations that follow. Hallelujah. It's worth getting close to Jesus. Then the next word to God said, you've been around this winter far too long now. Now, we sung it this morning. Now. You know, I, two days in Auckland about, is about enough for me. After I've spent 25 minutes at traffic lights, I think it's enough. Do you, do you, do you know, you're sitting in traffic lights, you're number eight in, in, in the queue, yeah? The traffic line turns green. The first six goes, and they go through. Number seven is texting in front of you. And I'm sitting behind them thinking, what? It's, let's go! 
in the end, I have to let him know. <laughs> Off he goes. He gets through. The lights are turning orange. And just as he goes through on the orange, I get the red. That's disappointing. When God says that you've been around the mountain long enough and he says now it is time to move, that is a now moment. That means that everything available in heaven is available to you to move into all that God has for you. To move out of just enough and to move into more than enough. Hallelujah. In your life. And so this is the moment with... This is where God is leading us in the church to moments like this where the light turns green, hallelujah, and you head off, praise God. And God doesn't get in moments like that, cause you to get excited and get on the move. And just as you move, and he says, nah, that's not you, mate. No, he's for you. I am believing God, I've been praying this week that this service will be a now moment for you that God will, hallelujah, touch your life and touch my life, that we might not be the same anymore. Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 16, God said to Abraham, some of you will know the story, some of you won't. But he said, take your son Isaac and sacrifice him, which was a very unusual thing because this was his only son. And, 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 it, and, and God, Abraham knows what to do. God says, this is what I want you to do. And it says, and, and there it says, early the next morning Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. That's why he's the father of faith. When God said it's now, he told him at night time, this is what I want you to do. Early the next morning he said, I'll get up and I'll do it. He didn't understand everything. He didn't know what God was going to do. He just heard a now moment. He just heard God say, now, move, turn, go. So he said, I'll do it. I'll do it, and I'll trust God with the rest. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2 says this. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. It's that sort of moment right now. It's now. You say, I've been calling out to God. He heard you. And he's brought you to this point of your life now. In a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Step into him. Get close to him. And then he said, turn. God says, turn. You've been around this mountain too long. Now, turn. Turn. It's a time to stop going around in circles. God told them to turn and to turn north. You see, to turn to where God wanted them to go meant turning their back on the mountain. If you get a compass, you hold the compass, wherever you hold it, that little needle just turns north, yeah? That's what compasses do. They just turn north so you know which direction to take. 
God has placed a spiritual compass in the life of every person who's ever walked the face of this earth. And that compass, hallelujah, will always turn you towards God. When God says turn, he says, you need to turn away from the issues. You need to turn away from the mountain, hallelujah, that you've been circling, to put it behind you. And then he says, turn towards north. Turn towards God. Turn towards God's plan for your life. Whenever God begins to speak to us, it always requires a turn. It requires a turn away from the old, the past. Turn, get it behind you. But it's no use just turning away from the past if you don't turn towards him, Jesus. If you turn towards him and start walking to him, like that lady, she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, and when she turned and she started to get towards him, she found that the crowd were blocking her out. That's the hurdle. And she had to push through the crowd. And this morning, if you will push through your old way of thinking, and you'll just push through the things, the issues, and touch Jesus this morning, and put your life in his hand, you'll be healed. You'll be set free. You'll start a whole new way of living. You'll move out of not enough. You'll move through just enough and you'll move into more than enough. Hallelujah. Then they were told to burn, lastly they were told to turn northward. Northward was to go into Canaan. Northward was to go into the promised land. God says, turn that way. Turn towards my destiny for your life. Turn towards what I've told you over your lifetime. Even when you were young and you were small and and you knew how to walk with God, turn again and turn towards the promises of God and what he has for you. Interestingly enough, Canaan was at an altitude, the promised land was at an altitude higher than Mount Seir. And God is saying, I want you to turn and start living at a higher level of life than you've lived thus far. Don't keep circling the lowlands. God has got so much more for you and I to enter into. God invited them. He said, come up to Canaan. Come up to the promised land. Or did he command them to come up and live at a higher level? When Ruth, Pastor Ruth, finished her message, she turned us to Leviticus chapter 26. And I want to turn you there as the last scripture this morning. And uh, we we, we talked about this in our home group a lot. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 13. Let's read it all together, shall we? Here we go. One, two. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. 
I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. Let's just take a little bit of it at a time so we don't miss it. He says, I brought you out. God wants to bring you out of the old way of living. So that you would no longer be slaves. Sometimes we get ourselves into a situation where it's like, for a starter, it was like we were in control and we would walk into the devil's slavery and then we'd walk out again. We'd walk in and then we'd walk out again. But eventually, we become slaves of that thing and it begins to push us around and begin to order us around. We don't even have the power of decision to walk away anymore. We find we're in a place of slavery and God says, hallelujah, you can come out of that. I don't, that's not what I have for you. I've got freedom for you. Let's have the scripture back again. Where's it gone? I broke the bars of your yoke. Sometimes we get yoked up to stuff. God says, I can break that and enable you to walk. Enable you to do whatever God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Lord, do this. And to walk no longer, no longer with your head down. No longer in shame. No longer in the rut. No longer just with empty routines. No longer carrying issues. No longer just going the same old, same old, same old. The Bible tells me that He, my God, is the, my glory and the lifter of my head. God wants to lift you out of shame, out of the past of the old, out of that which you cannot do. Hallelujah. To lift up your head to believe that you are a creation of the Most High God. just says to you and I this morning you've been circling the mountain long enough now turn 